0: You are now listening to the conclusion of our season finale regarding our network marketing slash MLM story. We encourage you to listen to the first part of the recording before this one in order to understand the full picture of our story. We appreciate it and love you guys. And you know what's interesting about these types of kind of good bad conversations is that I think we in human nature tend to focus a lot more on the bad. So... You know, I, I would say, as this being the beginning of the second part of the episode... Yeah. I really wouldn't be surprised, sadly, if this one gets more views than the first part. Just because people... oh um, Yeah, well, one, they're nosy, but two, like, the bad is... Like, it's juicy, it's dirty laundry. We live in a society where people are more interested in that than positivity, honestly. Um. And, you know, maybe even some people that we know that know these people, you okay, know, listen to the first one. yeah, go, li- go listen to the first one um, and do some critical thinking for yourself. I know that you guys have been kind of taught that kind of not, and we're going to get into that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like actually do some, some critical thinking on that because, um, you know, we're not here to bash people. It's just, we're here to share our experience and we started the first part of the podcast of why we got in this part's probably going to dive a little bit more into why we each decided that we had to leave yeah so and we'll probably go into some stories with with each of these um we we have a lot of points on as to why we left it wasn't just one thing or two things here it was a lot of things built up i think and you know i think the sad part of it is that you know before we get into any of these i don't think a lot of the people that are involved into that really look into this kind of stuff because they just view those people as quitters and disloyal or whatever they want to use for it but the thing is is if you have what they like to what they liked to refer to as a revolving door business, which let's face it, pretty much the entire three and a half ish years that I was a part of that team, it was a revolving door business. I saw a lot of people go in, I saw a lot of people go out, and I think it is natural with MLMs or network marketing that that does happen because of what I think people are told versus what the expectations versus reality is Yeah. for a lot of, a lot of these things. And so because of that, they're just like, oh, they're quitters. They aren't made of the right stuff to succeed with this, which probably I will be fair to concede probably 80 to 90% is true. And I will even admit that for myself. I, I always heard that they would say like, if you ever quit and you talk about it to other people, like, you know, admit like, your part in it. This is me admitting my part for it. I was not cut out for it. Like, I quit on my own accord, Mm -hmm. and pretty much my... I actually did not quit due to a lack of monetary success in the business. I knew exactly why I was having a lack of monetary success, and most of that stuff was my doing and my doing alone. So a lot of the stuff that we're going to be talking about is not me pouting like, oh, I got cheated out of money and all this stuff. No, this is... For me, a lot of this, and I think for you too, because you've actually had, I would arguably say, like much more success than I ever did in this. But I mean, that's in terms of monetary speaking and you know, how high of a level you were able to get to and what have you. But I think we could both agree that the reason that we're not a part of it anymore has a lot do a lot more to do with personal relationships yeah. than it does with anything monetary
1: yeah I think so too I think for me I I think now let I me mean, again I never knew what an MLM was at the beginning Yeah. so I got into that business without really knowing what to expect so that already kind of shows that I wasn't really in it for the money mm-hmm. it was the people that could that kept me in honestly yeah and you yeah, know there's unfortunate things that happen that kind of make you you know turn the other way but for me as well it wasn't a monetary thing it's so i'm not going to really talk about the money part either
0: <laughs> yeah one thing i will disclose because this is a difference between you and me i still am considered an way distributor i just don't have like that whole training organization anymore because i severed off ties from that but um yeah if it was about the money i would have gotten rid of that too so that's my that's my whole justification for that but yeah this is this is definitely not about the money and i wanted to make sure that before we started going into this like i kind of for me own up to my end of things too because relationships are a two-way street and there are certain things with that another one too is you were talking about the good part of you know learning how to trust more i don't think i actually ever got around to ever fully being myself around this particular group of people i always felt like i had to project myself to be somebody that they wanted me to be i know i felt like there were certain points in which i was trustworthy of the person that was coaching us but i kind of lost that over time and I knew he knew that because he asked me the question of like, okay, where did I lose your trust? But I didn't trust him enough to actually give him the honest answer to that. And to this day, if he were to still ask me now, I still probably would not give him that answer because the trust isn't there. Um,
1: I think for me on that part too, yeah, I do get that because there is certain times you have to be... I feel like when you're around him all the bottom, you have to be more professional. Yeah. But... For me, with the trust, I mean, now, yeah. Back then, if you told, if he told me, is there anything up? I would just keep it all in. Yeah. Now I'm at the point where I just don't care. Mm-hmm. So even if it, even if it's, let's say, you know, somebody's just like, "Hey, uh, do you have something against me?" I'm just gonna be blunt and honest about it now. Before, I would just hold everything in and not really be vocal. Yeah. But, again, yeah, that's um. I I understand why we kind of had to be professional, but then there's also that point where by accident we split up or say something inappropriate. I would, I would feel like...
0: You'd feel the metaphorical pitchforks coming at you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're all humans. We still kind of mess up.
0: Yeah.
1: We say a lot of stupid things, and then sometimes when I say it, I, get, I, I do feel bad.
0: You know, if anybody listens to this podcast long enough they know about it, that we stay stupid shit <laughs> like yeah. pretty regularly so
1: um I always had to be filtered which was yes for me it was I guess in a good way it, it helped me become a professional but the downside is it kept me away from being am.
0: yeah
1: 100% and I always felt like I was trying to be someone who I wasn't mm-hmm. even with dressing um I was even dressing some clothes that I would never even wear to this day.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I will say, because I am like a fan of formal wear, I don't like wearing it very often, but when I do, I like to look good in my formal wear, that those events would give me an excuse to do that. So I did enjoy it from that sense, but I like being formal maybe like 2% of my life, not like 15% of it. Like,
1: okay. I do like being formal, but then I feel like if I want to be formal, I'm going all out. Yeah. Formal. Yeah. I can't really do it there because it's is independent, yeah. casual. Mm-hmm. It's like, maybe you're winning. Oh, no, we have special stuff. Yeah. I might just be extra. <laughs> <laughs> Go wearing some a sombrero. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think the biggest thing that I, I ended up noticing leaving most of them and i've heard it a lot mm-hmm. but it just never saved game with me as i was in it being a number yeah and a lot of people don't think that they're a number but realistically they are it's sure that they'll they say that they'll replace you yeah. and the thing is i always felt that at the like at the beginning i'm just like yeah i don't care person, i'll just replace them But I noticed that it doesn't matter how long you've been in it, how productive you just cut you off just like that.
0: Yeah, it feels like it's almost like... This may be a very inflammatory word, but in a way I feel like they almost try to groom you into a codependent relationship in a way where they communicate with you like, we're more important to you than you are to us. Um... Or, you know, they say that from like a kind of a generalized scale. And, you know, for me, because this is not my first experience in group dynamics, um, being in a fraternity in college, it's really funny because the guy that was coaching us, whenever I like made comparables between my time there and the time in my fraternity, yeah. he would always be like, this isn't your fraternity and it's like in my head i'm like well i know that but they're they are both group dynamic elements there are commonalities to those things and one of those commonalities is is you can really tell how vital or not important to the group that you are um by the way um people that are more in the inner circles of that group behave towards you. Because the guy that was the... I wouldn't say the coach to our coach, but the guy that pretty much was the... maybe I guess I'll call him head honcho to the team that we were a part of out in Colorado. Yeah. With the exception of a couple of circumstances i'm pretty sure that i was nothing more than like a fly buzzing around his head to him like i i was just more just there to him and i wasn't really ever somebody that he really paid really much mind to Mm -hmm. because and i noticed this you know even looking back at it when i first joined the team and whatnot and i went to that conference on my way back i literally i think in a couple of days time had my sister's service yeah. a couple days after that and so i was spending that um what was it like 14 hour bus ride home part of that 14 hour bus ride home writing the eulogy that i was going to share and so then i had our coach look at it and i thought he actually like was very considerate in that and i think it was probably because i was a new member to the team so you know they they tend to pay a little bit more attention to you when you're a prospect or you just freshly got started and then if you don't you know produce after a little bit then they slowly start ignoring you more and more but um the head honcho just looked like he did not give two shits about it um because i entrusted that with him too because i was told by our coach to hold this man in very high regard and um it wasn't really something that i thought about too much at the time but looking back it was uh i i felt very insignificant to him let's put it that way and it's just more of a number for him and his wife to get to where they want to go. Um, and that's all I really, all I really felt like in that sense of things. Um, and you know, it's interesting is a think that, you know, a lot of times they would use the only you, I think the reason why I had so much use for them at the beginning was my whole story behind why I got in and you know, they had used that as like giving an example of like no excuses to people and all mm-hmm. that stuff and motivating people like, oh, you think you had it hard. Well, this guy had to go through this and he still got his business launched and all that. So it was definitely, I felt valued as a number. And I felt valued only so much as to how much they could actually use my story. And then once it got tired, they just had no value from me. Or they they could get no value from me anymore.
1: I think I I was almost the same way just because with the whole engagement they were throwing at us. You know, the goals that at the time I was trying to pursue. They use us as an example, you know. All the time then after, you know, we failed. And then I started producing for myself they started saying you know well, you know Chris is single blah 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 you can do it anybody can and then the moment that I stopped producing my name just stopped coming up
0: yeah which I understand that they gotta use Yeah. you know things to motivate people like I understand all that um, but um,
1: it's overdoing it and yeah. really it's like for me I've always been that type of person that doesn't like the recognition. Mm-hmm. And, I, and they knew that. I don't like being recognized, but, you know, they always say it's not about you. It's about helping other people, which, again, I understand. But if they already kind of know that it, it's not my cup of tea being acknowledged so much, why are they constantly doing it? Yeah. I understand you doing it like once, you know, once in a while. Or you letting me know. Yeah. But then, just constantly doing it, you know, like versus, like, blah, well, blah. yeah. Mine was every once in a while, but it still made me very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And they knew that I don't, I don't like being recognized or anything. But to them, I don't think they they care. just us just know about. Here is about this guy. Let's just help everybody here.
0: And that's kind of the thing. Like these people are very intelligent people. Mm-hmm. They're looking at things in terms of like what's going to benefit the bigger picture i think all good business people do that for the record um that's definitely not a slight on them whatsoever but they certainly do not mind in a way kind of throwing if they have the opportunity to throw you under the bus for their benefit in that kind of sense they're gonna do that
1: i feel like they would have been apologized after
0: yeah um
1: or say that, you know,
0: you're being a good team player. There's that, too. Just
1: happens <laughs> to me a couple times, too.
0: Yeah, and they really... will, you know, filter people... and Like, filter things to people mm-hmm. in a very intentional way, which, to a certain degree, like I understand that. Um, and I think we'll get more into that in the next thing, but before bringing that up, you know, going back to the just-a-number thing, another way where that's really demonstrated i feel like is how it's in a way their perception of time so they expect their time to be valued totally reasonable expectation i think i think everybody deserves to have their time valued and but the thing is is like given how there is a certain natural hierarchy when it comes to these types of organizations and types of groups, pretty much the higher up you are, the more your time is valued. Which, in a certain way, it does make sense. You know, I'm pretty sure if I were to stand next to like the president of a company, a lot more people are going to value that guy's time over mine. I mean, even working in consulting when it comes to billable rates and whatnot, because that's how our clients are charged is by how much work time an hour of my boss's time costs about three times as much as mine so because he's got more expertise more credibility all that stuff so i understand all that but what tends to happen and i don't know if they're really aware of this or maybe they are and they justify it in their own minds i think that there is a A lot of times a blatant disrespect of time towards people especially that first come in because you know when this thing is first presented to you they will tell you that you know if you put in about five to ten hours a week for like five years you have the opportunity to you can possibly achieve a certain level to where maybe you do that full-time instead of you know your job or whatever the case may be but in reality they don't count those meeting times towards that time that self-development time towards your time when in reality what other reason are you doing that stuff for if not to build your business? And, you know, if you've ever watched shows like Shark Tank or anybody that's been a successful entrepreneur, I've never heard a story where, oh, they just work a little bit here and there and they get to those levels. You have to really dedicate your time and energy, have a second full time job on top of the one that you already have. And i think the reason they don't say that is because that would scare off a lot of people yeah. they just don't think that they would have the time to do that which you know they talk about how people have poor to- time management very true they are dead right about that but i think what they try to do is make it seem less than it actually is in order to get the numbers in my opinion if you have five hours a week worth of meetings at minimum that doesn't include the quote-unquote optional but kind of not really optional stuff that they will make you feel like you're not serious if you're not attending um all the self-development stuff that you have to do on your own through reading books and acquiring your knowledge going out and actually reaching out to people doing the thing having meetings at different stages to see if those people qualify for you And all this stuff put together, including these quarterly conferences that eat up your entire weekend. Like, if you're in reality probably not spending at least amongst all those things, I think I'll lowball it. If you're not spending at least 20 hours a week towards those things, your chances of getting somewhere quickly are probably next to none. But the thing is, is They're not really real with you on that. I probably would have had more questions if I wasn't thinking about it so damn emotionally when I first got in.
1: Guess in a way I'm the same too. Emotionally.
0: Yeah. So with that said, understand that pretty much at any entrepreneurial opportunity you go into, the success rate's going to be low. Because it's all about how much you really badly want it. And the reason I'm sharing all this is, if you are not gung-ho or all-in with it, you're probably wasting your own time and you're probably wasting their time, but more so your own time because as long as you're in it, they got a number. So there's that element of it. Yeah. Um, For the record, that's not the reason I decided to quit because I understood what those stats were. And I accepted that. I will say that.
1: I didn't even look at the numbers. Yeah. I'm not a mathematical person.
0: Yeah. Well, when it comes to, like, you know, if you have this many people on your team and this kind of structure, this is how much money you'll make. That kind of stuff was fun for me because I'm a nerd.
1: I mean, I couldn't tell you that wasn't real because if they say that's the average and you're in that room and that room's not making that average, only one is.
0: It's maybe a couple people at most.
1: Yeah, one on your hand.
0: And so for those of you that say like, you know, those types of things are a pyramid scheme and what have you. (laughs) I can see where you get that from from that angle. Now they do build the structure to really legally work around that really well. And there are people that are higher up that don't make as much as some of the lower people, mainly because of structure. But The opportunity to fix it is easier the quote-unquote higher up you are. And, you know, there's other incomes that are not as well disclosed that we could probably go into. But uh, given for the sake of time, I'm I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I think one of our... I think we'd agree that the biggest negativity that we have is... A lot of times, unless if you're producing and you have the exact personality that they look for to utilize and that they find valuable, that's all you're ever gonna be to these people. And the you know, there's the way they act and the way they behave towards you, if you read between the lines, because like I said, these people are smart, they can talk smooth and they can convince you of things. Yeah. Very in a very politician like way. But if you read between the lines and if you judge whether they're back they back up what they're saying or not that'll really tell you what you need to know. So, yeah. Ready for the next one?
1: Maybe before the numbers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, the other one or we got probably two main one two main ones that we're going to hit from here the first one is when it comes to attending events so i think to lay the stage for this we would have these would be the typical events that we would have we would have these team gatherings every tuesday those would last say if you didn't go to the optional event afterwards these probably lasted about what two and a half to three hours yeah we had these events on sunday which were optional but kind of not if you were serious in their eyes two more weeks or two more two more hours per week we would have these special team events probably on average about once a month those would be about four to five hours And then we would have quarterly conferences that would take up your entire weekend. And then a couple of optional ones. And you were expected to miss and call out work and figure out how to take time off for these things and work around pretty much all the bullshit that goes on in your life to make sure that you attend these things.
1: For me, it just felt kind of weird because let's say you have some certain certain things that you just can't make it that day. Mm -hmm. Or you know, you're gonna watch online or something. Yeah. I feel like once they find out you're not going to be in person, they kind of slowly start excluding you out. Mm Kind of just, in a way, kind of makes you feel like you're just getting thrown under the bus because you're not that important. Mm -hmm. For me, that's something I just never really liked in that aspect, Or they'll be like, get the tickets by this time. You know, we're gravy, basically. And if you don't, you, you know, you won't be at this event or you won't be doing this with
0: us. There's this quote that they would say all the time which was they would go where there's fruit on the tree a lot of times that applied to people that were mentoring them Mm. but also if they had a team of like say six people that were directly working with them and there was like two people taking a lot more action than the other four that's where they're going to focus their time in from a business standpoint i get that yeah but what will happen is um they talk about you know (laughs) holistic mentorship and whatnot but if you're in a really rough place they will essentially just completely forget you exist yeah they'll talk about like how they pray for you and stuff but i don't really get the impression that they do. Um, you know, and this was something that was very evident because Antonia was a lot like you except not nearly as involved mm-hmm. in the sense that she was just in as the spouse that wanted mm-hmm. to just support uh the person that was already doing it but really never she really always thought something was off about people and she actually does have a pretty good intuition about that kind of stuff yeah um but you know she was going she had started like i want to say like november of 2021 or something like that and she'd gone to a couple of these you know team events with me and she had pretty much gone up and you know Done all this stuff against what she wanted to do, but then, you know, she couldn't take off work for, um, the first in-person conference that she was supposed to go to. And she was going through a lot, um, mentally, which I let them in on. I trusted them with that information and she didn't want me to she was very upset with me for that because she didn't see that yeah. as being trustworthy with that info and she was right she was dead right about that because she was going through a lot of like mental health issues at that time and so between that and work that she couldn't get the time off requested she had to stay home from the conference and whatnot. And people would, like, constantly talk about stories about how people would, like, literally quit their jobs for these conferences. And I think, you know, you'd hear one or two of those stories and then people would just run with them and be like, oh, like, you know, that shows that you're really serious if you're willing to, you know, sacrifice a lot there in the short term in order to do this. Which... Given the situation could be appropriate, but I think for a lot of people, that kind of thing is pretty foolhardy. And so they would um, pretty much encourage you to try to move around or make whatever sacrifices you can in terms of your job in order to attend in person. Well, she wasn't able to get that done. She had to attend remotely and pretty much exactly what you talked about, especially with all the mental health issues, and especially all that. With all that going on, I called the person that was coaching us um, and they called the people that coached them. So they brought her into that. And, you know, she does. She is in that field. So there is expertise there. But, um, you know, there was definitely some low points in our relationship because every relationship goes through stuff that i tried to entrust them in and each time we've ever been in those little points it's turned out that my dad's been probably the best source into helping her out and after she was going through all that and all those difficulties the first um interaction she got was from coach's wife pretty much asking her like who's your favorite speaker hadn't even reached out to her before then and she was just sitting there, like Antonio was sitting there, like, "Are you kidding me right now?" Like, I went through all this, you know, I went through all this, and you know, and I and I get it from the sense that they were trying to redirect her focus into maybe something a little bit more productive. Yeah, but when you're going through stuff like that, sometimes you just need support. And I'd realized at that. Or I hadn't realized it. It took me a while because I was daft. I was under the influences and everything at that time. I thought these, there was a certain time where I thought these people were absolute, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not gods, obviously. Heroes. But, yeah, yeah, heroes. That's a good one. That I didn't really see through the bullshit. Yeah. You know? And so, you know, time goes on nobody reaches out to her because she they think they pretty much communicate she's pretty much communicated to them to leave her alone which and to a certain degree i would understand that if i hadn't really told them like no i think you guys should reach out to her mm-hmm. i think she would really appreciate it and the next time they reached out to her after that was three conferences after that during the biggest one of the year at the end of September mm-hmm. and they asked her to take care of their dog oh yeah okay. and that was the first time they reached out to her in over six months and the only reason they reached out to her is because they couldn't find anybody else to look after the dog but she pretty much did it as a favor to me
1: yeah I, I mean I feel I think that's how her and I kind of just became more his friends, I can say that one because October we had that again, that <laughs> event, mm-hmm. and that was like I just said. Okay, I don't know if why I'm gonna be here, but I'm gonna go. Keep hearing all these things, you know, get escape basically from reality and just go there. Hopefully, your whole life changes within that weekend. They didn't, but <laughs> um, I was still in that dark uh, part of my life with the whole relationship thing. Yeah. How it ended. And I, again, I was that part where, you know, I talked to you, Colleen, and this other person that were helping me get, you know, keep walking forward in my life, be happy, and, you know, walk my chest up. Mm-hmm. And um, honestly, those, you know, you three people were the ones that helped me more than what they kept tell me. Right. Because for me, with them, maybe any just someone they're like, hey, just move forward. It doesn't matter. I'm like I just I just had a two-year relationship. but I mean, this this was big. Right. It's like just move forward, forget about it, work on yourself. Um and I started going dark on October. Yeah. That like, was just <coughs> like, Ian. Yeah. Like I didn't talk to anybody in that group or anything. Mm-hmm. And I would get random little text messages, maybe like once every other week. Hey, Chris, we need, you know, we're looking for you on the Tuesday meeting. Where are you at? Yeah. They never, they never checked up on me. Yeah. And again, um, that other event that happens, what, in November? Didn't have one in November. Yeah. Um, my only real conversation he ever sent me too. Hey, I'm going to be gone for this event. Can you take care of my dog? I mean, I'm a nice guy, so I said, yeah, but for me, that was the nail to the coffin to leave, because everybody was or, I guess, the people that I'm supposed to, like, you know, talk to and everything. I was going dark, because I just, you know, I I was alone. I felt alone at the time. And they knew that. Right. And instead of them reaching out to me, like, hey, buddy, you know, we're here for you, or something like that, all he said was just, like, We'll take care of my dog yeah well i'm gone for the weekend yeah yeah again and then you know coming back he comes back from the weekend he gives me his text message uh again he just doesn't even mention like how i've been mentally or anything like oh thank you for taking care of my dog we're gonna make you a basket
0: how long did it take them to thank you for taking care of the dog because this was something that really i think at, like a week after I, this was something that our daddy Antonio's craw to it was like two weeks for her
1: yeah, I think it was like a week or so after. Um but then I, I was I was staying in a lot of contact with them. So mine yeah. was a little different because you yeah. I mean, not to the point where I was talking to them like a lot, like about things and it was just like, Hey, I'm going to your house, I'm feeding your dog. I'm just fed your dog. Just that.
0: You know the interesting thing too within the dog story for Antonia is while we were at that conference on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. She takes a picture of their dog getting entangled in these cables, and the dog's leg is bleeding. Pretty much, where if she wasn't there, (laughs) the dog would have died. Or possibly could have died. And so she effectively saved the dog's life, um, in a sense, I guess. Um, And she pretty much let them know what was going on, and she was bothered by how nonchalant that they were acting towards it and even some of the conversations that i had heard with him is like they weren't planning on getting a dog out towards it you know and i'm i don't know if that dog's still alive it'd be very old if if it is at this point but i always got kind of the impression that um part of them were like waiting for that chapter in the life in their life when the dog was no longer around which is sad but i mean You know, I'm not accusing them of that. It just seemed like that's what it came off to to me. Um, It could very much be the opposite because in their perspective, it's like, well, the dogs in Colorado were in Louisville, Kentucky. Like, what the hell are we going to be able to do? So I get it from that standpoint, but I think it's just more of like they gave her nothing to go on.
1: Yeah. Even going back to the guilt thing, um, you know, the guilt to go into the conferences. We were talking about this a while ago where You know, they could tell me that I'm going to get all my answers at the conference. The October one. Yeah. In a way, I kind of did. They didn't lie. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't from up there. It was from people they told me not to talk to. Yeah. That ended up helping me, oddly enough. Yeah. Uh, um, But I noticed that, you know, my so-called mentors, people that were trying to help me elevate in my life. Mm -hmm. The moment that they seen that I was actually going to the conference and I was at the conference...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Instantly, all of them unfriended me uh, on all social medias. Why? That's that till this day. That's what I don't understand. That's what made me feel like I was never important to them. They just needed me to think that you know, basically you know, think that they're on my side until they get their number for the conference. Mm. And the minute that I, I was actually there, friended I. I feel like since that conference, that's when they really just completely cut like, all of you know talking with me. Yeah, unless you know I pass by them. But okay,
0: it's in- interesting too. Going back to the just a number thing, when your whole relationship fell apart, which is where this kind of hooks up with the first it's episode like of our podcast when that whole thing really hit the fan. Mm -hmm. like she was mainly being mentored by head honcho yeah and i think from our perspective i don't think head honcho really paid me really any attention Mm -hmm. um i think i was just more of a nuisance to him than anything else um for you though, I think it was arguably in a way worse with yeah. that relationship, wasn't it?
1: I feel it, it was it was it was hard for both of them actually. Like, forget her, move forward, and then I was just ignored. Yeah. When he kinda helped me out a little bit on my relationship. So I mean again it, it did hurt because I was just like, You're you're supposed to be helping me when I'm down and you're kind of giving me the shit end of a stick. Yeah. Well, our other coach, he kind of, like, uh, started victim- victimizing her, making her seem like she was. And I'm just like, dude, I'm not mentally in the right state of mind for you to, you know, down the person that I was with for, like, two years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I was like, I don't know why everybody's talking about her when, you know, I, I came up to you guys to talk about me, Elaine, and then were more depressed. Yeah. But they didn't care yeah or i don't want to say they didn't care but they never showed me a reason why for me to think of the tree
0: yeah and i think before we get into the last part of it um i think a good way to sum it up is they viewed you as somebody that had fruit on the tree but the fruit rotted Mm -hmm. and for me they just viewed it as somebody who never had any fruit on the tree yeah i guess yeah (laughs) I I really think that's how it's summed up. It's like for me, you know, when they told
1: me that this is a family of one together, I take that to heart. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like, that's why I feel like you and I are still friends. Colleen and I are still real friends. And the people that have built actual solid relationships that were not so focused on the business and everything were built, I mean, actually have solid, willing friendships with them. And with them, it just felt like, Yes, until you give them a reason about, about
0: the way. Yeah. I think actually before moving on to this last part, because it kind of goes back to the note that I held at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. I think we kind of got lucky at the break off of this, because if you listen to different stories on the mm-hmm. internet about people that break away from these teams and what have you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's pretty much um, being like, in a lot of ways, shunned from a cult. In the sense that you know, if you're a part of a cult and you break off, they just break off contact with you altogether. It's classic cult-like behavior. And a lot of these people had people that they thought were friends of theirs. And then they discovered that this didn't wasn't something that really worked for them. Broke off from the group. And then all those people in their life just disappeared. And they didn't have another support system to rely on
1: yeah i mean to this day not once have any of them ever reached out to me as a friend
0: yeah and i think we have i think we got lucky in a couple of senses one i think you and i individually have good support systems outside of that group of people the other thing too is if you really think about it we do have friends that we talk to from that time they are also no longer a part of that group of people mm-hmm but i think we are lucky that we have you know counting each other we have like probably like a group of like four to five people that were a part of that um and i think one still technically is but to your point is more about the relationships and so four to five of us i think have built what is really very well, possibly lifelong friendships with each other from that experience, and that to me is a win. That that's a major win, and I don't think that that's something that a lot of people get it's, coming out of that experience.
1: Yeah, but it's like it sucks because when you're in it, you don't really know who's your actual friend. Yes, even the person that gets you in the business, you don't really know if you're an actual friend or the in the mirage when they think you're friends until you leave and then they're going to cut ties with you
0: yeah i think there's two good examples of this on my end so example one is the one that is actually the friend which was the one of the people that i got into the business Mm -hmm. and you know there he was up at the bachelor party with us and everything he is somebody He's a really chill guy, but he can tell if you're a real human being or a fake one very quickly. And it's something that I, it's a trait of his that I really appreciate. I asked him the question, how come you still joined and kept doing it? He's like, I don't like quitting. And I'm like, that was pretty much me too. And it was kind of interesting because that was another relation I could have to my fraternity. I knew most of the people that in my fraternity didn't like me. And given the way I'd behaved back in those days, I can't hardly say I really blame them. I saw three people from that group that I'm still friends with today, much like the four that I had from this group, you know, so I do pick up friends here and there seems like everywhere I go, but, um, you know, the idea of not quitting, I think made him and I both hang on a lot longer than we probably should have. Because I think it was more of a, um, for me, it was realizing that I wasted a lot of my time and I was. I don't think the whole time was a time waste, but there came a point when I realized. I think it was like, uh, so the last very last event I went to was April of this year, around my birthday.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I started realizing probably around October of last year that I was not long for the group because they had no use. I, I could tell they had no use for me. Um and that was backed up with uh something that you shared with me where our coach and head honcho essentially kept a list of people that they believed in, and I learned that I was on the list of people that they did not believe in. Um, so that further I think that was a big thing for me. And then, you know, at the very last event, and there was this exercise where People had to describe the team in one word, and there was a word I wanted to so badly say, but I couldn't. Integrity. I did not feel like they had integrity, and then I went home that night and I thought about it, and I was like, you know, even if I were to make all the riches and all the monetary gains with this, are these the people that I can see myself hanging around with for the rest of my life? And the answer to that question, after everything that happened with you that they tried to keep me from everything that happened to Antonia. And then the very last conversation that the coach and I ever had about this very podcast pretty much affirmed to me that no, these are not the people I'm meant to be with for the long haul. I think it was, they said, they always said something about a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm -hmm. In that moment, it was very apparent to me that it was a season and that season was over.
1: That was a good one. I was thinking reason. (laughs) But yeah. Uh, No, I mean, and again, I just also want to clarify just because it happened to us doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Um, It really just depends on who is helping you grow as a person. Uh, I don't want you to, you know, distrust a certain person that you just joined MLM because of what we said. This is just our experience with the ones that
0: we have. Yeah, and I want to get another very important message out there because you know one of the going back to something earlier in the conversation about fears of rejection and whatnot and overcoming that stuff. The fact of the matter is, is when you're put in a position where you're reaching out to people about this stuff, a lot of people know what's up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like they do, and given their own experiences, they will behave very, very rude and brash to you. I have had some people be very nasty with me just for being the MLM guy or the network marketing guy or whatever the case may be, or the scam artist or whatever the case may be. I think one thing that you have to understand, especially if it's something that they haven't been doing for very long, is that in their mind, this is something that they believe is actually a good idea. I'm not saying that for all people, I think a lot of times it is reaching out to you with the heart of making money off of you, and that's fair. But I think that there are some people, and I think I was very much in this boat that just wanted to help people, and thought that this was the way to help people. I could admit that, in a lot of cases, I'm very wrong about that. Um... And it's not me pretty much bowing down to the people that were nasty to me because I don't think there's a place for that. And honestly, to this day, I would never want to have any sort of relationship with those people ever again because how you treat people says a lot about you. But, you know, at that time, I was like, well, I'm just trying to help. And now it's just like, okay, I can understand why you may have had the visceral reaction you did. But if somebody reaches out to you, about this stuff in the future. Yeah, they could be trying to do just to get money out of you. That's a very real possibility. But they also could be doing it with the heart to to help you and I think that all depends on how well you know the person that's reaching out to you. Yeah,
1: that's
0: true. And if you don't know the person that's reaching <clears throat> out to you, I'd say get at least give them the benefit of the doubt that they're just trying to help. But also, if it's not for you, it's not for you. And if you believe it's a scam, yeah, be honest about that. <laughs> because in many instances, sometimes, unfortunately, depending on which group you get involved with, it very much is. So, this is another episode where I felt like I talked about 75% of it. Happens to you. Yeah. You're more of a talking person. I'm more of a straight. Yeah. Second episode, I got threats. And I, well, not threats. I wouldn't say so much threats. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. The coach that we had pretty much called me and accused me of, and this is very important too, because the reason I'm sharing this is, for me, this is a very good barometer on who should be in your life and who isn't. People, a lot of times, are scared to share their vulnerabilities with people. But if you are brave enough to do it, it really unlocks the path of who should be in your life and who shouldn't be. Because if somebody you know throws that back in your face at certain points, or at a certain point, That's a telltale sign that they shouldn't be in your life and the whole reason why i pretty much had cut the relationship that i had with our coach was because of after the second episode he calls me one day but um and i do have somebody who was a witness to this conversation for the record um so if he listens to this which i know he doesn't (laughs) based on the conversation we had just know i have somebody backing me up with this story he pretty much calls me and accuses us of using their platform to monetize wealth for ourselves without them because we were having people on their team on the podcast. Couple problems with that. One, we both we had two people. Mm. I won't tell you who you are who they are. Chances are if you're if you've listened, you probably know who they are. But we already knew they were leading, for one.
1: Those were also the people that we actually built really solid friendships with. Yes. And, you know, we talked about things that we can and not talk about before anything. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't just reach out to every single person out there. We yeah. reached out to people that you and I were both actually close with and actually had a little uh friendship with them.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah. He was pretty much doing that. He just came out right with it. to like, Because you know this guy is very straight to the point. Mm-hmm. And so I was caught off guard. I was like... Okay. And he was almost talking about these people like he owned them. Of like... They can't come on without my permission. Or else there's going to be consequences. And I'm talking about this because I'm not afraid of terrorists. <laughs> and two... The second part that he pretty much tried to grill me for was the person that we had on in the second episode talking about her old life as working in the um, exotic dancing industry. He pretty much had accused me of using my porn addiction, which I have shared on here before, and I shared that with him, that I have had to battle that. That's where the vulnerability piece comes in. That I would have somebody talk about their life. But the thing is, is I know he didn't listen to any of it because. If anybody listens to that second episode, she talks about the dark sides of it and why it's good to get out of it. So this man was essentially accusing me of taking advantage of somebody because of my sexual tendencies And so I asked him, at this point I was really confused. I'm like, have you listened to any of it? And he's like, no, And I'm not going to. So that pretty much told me he got his information from somebody else and just decided to believe it. And he hypocritically did the one thing that he always taught us to do that he did not do, which is critically think. I lost all respect for him after that. I was already on my way out before, but I think I still would have recommended people to join them afterwards i don't think i could in good conscience do that now because of this convert because of that conversation and the only time he and i have talked since is um because i'm still a distributor he wants me to make sure that i get my book work done so to speak so that way he can make more money
1: yeah um see i'm glad i don't have none of that and i changed my number (laughs) <laughs>
0: for the record um before we finally wrap up this uh thing because mm-hmm. we did fall into the trap we spent a lot more on the neg- time on the negative honestly but i think that a lot of that stuff is visceral and fresh for us particularly me i've been trying to get a lot of therapy work done on it this isn't to trash these people by the way and i'm think it's very important that we didn't reveal their names because mm-hmm. for one they do deserve a chance at success I think every single person in that group, you know, including the ones that have pretended to be friends of ours. um, Yeah. Yeah. In spite of all that. I want these people to be successful. I really do. Me too. I mean, they just... That's why I'm not telling their names because I don't want their reputations yeah to be hurt it's just,
1: yeah, i go back to saying the out of a stick yeah but again i understand we're all people still we fuck up a lot mm-hmm. and i i mean i'm hoping that what they learned from me in the situation i was in maybe they're not going to repeat it again with the next person that goes up to them yeah
0: but because i think we've made another commitment to this is once this is all wrapped up it's dropped we're done with it. Not mentioning it up
1: again.
0: Yeah. Unless support provokes. <laughs> yeah, unless there's
1: someone else from it too. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It might not be brought up again. <laughs> yeah.
0: We're let's put it this way. We are hoping it's not brought up again. And we are hoping that these people have wonderful, wonderful success. We hope that these people can learn um maybe why so many people are leaving besides the fact that they're just quitters. If, you want to, if they want to label us as quitters, that's fine. I really don't care mm-hmm. at this point. Like, these people have no bearing in my life anymore. So. But you may want to look beyond them just being quitters to fix your turnover problem. Because so I can tell them getting people in there is not an issue. They work hard. And that's why I do hope that they succeed. Even though our coach prayed for the downfall and failure of this podcast... I still hope they succeed, and I'm saying this, yeah, my little bit spiteful of it, sure, but also, it's honest. It is, and uh, and we're not revealing names, so I'm gonna reveal what I want. And if people happen to know both of us, and they think less of me because of how I'm choosing to approach this or how we're choosing to approach this, I don't care.
1: We probably weren't even talking anyway.
0: Yeah, I don't think I don't think really any of them listen to it anyway. Maybe they do.
1: Let's find out.
0: i wouldn't be surprised if we don't hear anything on this like right away and then like randomly three four months down the road somebody listens to it and gets really upset about it i wouldn't be surprised at that at all
1: i wouldn't be surprised if they listen to it and then they listen to it like three four months after mm-hmm. then they reach out to us and it happened to them as well
0: and i'm hoping that doesn't happen i i think it probably would because it's just like a bad corporate company, ironically enough. If you're not getting that feedback of people heading out, you're not going to fix the problem. The leaders on that team deserve to be, in a lot of ways, let's put it this way, they deserve to be where they're at, But they work hard enough to be much further along. Yeah. And it's all about retention, I feel like, at this point for them. It
1: goes back to the same thing where they keep bragging about is Beagle. Yeah. Actually treat them like actually family and not just a number.
0: Yeah. Like actually treat people like family. Don't just say it like they accuse corporate I companies do to do well
1: properly. But last year I still probably would have been in it.
0: Same. See if Antonio was treated properly.
1: Yeah.
0: the Like we're talking about a whole different story. If you were treated differently and I'm saying from my perspective. If you were treated differently because they try to keep that from me because I was told not to reach out to you about that. Yeah but i'm sorry i cared about you i'm reaching out to you yeah
1: and only people reached out three people reached out to me and it's funny enough the three people that i talked to that told me not to talk to
0: yeah yeah
1: but i mean i guess this excludes season two
0: this does conclude season two i am gonna go get married i'm gonna go on a beach and eat a lot of food And we'll come back either probably right before Christmas or probably right after the New Year somewhere in that range.
1: I'm just going to be at the wedding, be handsome as always. Probably go on a few
0: dates till then. It's going to be interesting. I think without giving you guys too much of a sneak peek into the next season, I think we're going to try to get a hold of people. We're going to have more guests on again this next season, I think.
1: Yeah. And And I think you'll like
0: it. Yeah, we're going to talk about how people are following their hopes and ambitions and you know, dreams and things like that. We're going to also probably talk about relationships and, mm-hmm. you know, successful marriages and stuff like that, fitting in the theme with me just getting married and all that stuff. So I think season three is going to pretty much make up a bulk of those two subjects, but nothing is hard nailed down yet on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys stay tuned and you know, keep re listening to all our episodes.
0: Yeah, we love you guys, and if uh, you don't hear from us again before the holidays, happy holidays, and we love you guys. Bye! Bye!